So, a little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks emotional labour means the builders are crying. Welcome back to the Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane, and on this week's show, I'll be looking at how to survive the festive season if you're a renegade lone wolf. We'll be having a chat to Nancy Collier about avoiding emotional exhaustion, and I'm going to see what questions you've left in my giant fun bags. <laughs> if you like what you hear, then please rate, review, subscribe, and I hope you're ready, because I'm about to leave a lolly surprise in your stockings. Oh, God, it's nearly December. How did that happen? Are you bored of Christmas songs? Let's be frank. It can be a horrible time of the year if you don't have the big old get-togethers to look forward to. So here is my tried and tested advice for anyone who is going to be spending Christmas on your Todd. First of all, remember you have a whole festive season to enjoy, not just one day. Um, Being totally honest, I have spent Christmas on my own for the last few years and I am still one of the most Christmassy out of all of my friends. I put a tree up every year, I put the decorations out, I go to all the Christmas markets. So trust me, please do not let one day of the festive season ruin the whole thing. Start to create your own traditions. So uh, what I like to do is I like to make sure that I've got time to see all my friends (laughs) because it's great in the run up. That kind of cheers me up. And then when they come back from their families, it's also great because I realise what a terrible time they've had. (laughs) So make time to see all your friends. Don't just lock yourself away. Go out to the Christmas markets with them, go out for a drink. And it means that instead of just one festive feast, you've got loads. Oh, you could try so many things. What about holiday? What about making your own decorations? There are loads of places that don't celebrate Christmas. So you can go and head there. One year, I had a lovely time in New York. I spent Christmas Day eating in every deli I could find. And then I spent the night snogging New York firemen in an Irish bar. Brilliant. Another thing you can do is volunteer. So it's the beginning of December and now is a great time to start looking for volunteering opportunities that you can do in and around and on Christmas itself or around the festive season or whatever holiday you're celebrating. Whatever you do, if you are feeling lonely, pick up the phone and call someone. Say happy Christmas. Someone is going to be really happy to hear your voice and voice interaction will make you feel so much more connected than a text. A lot of the pressure at Christmas arises from friends and family and the expectations to celebrate it their way. And what I found was an unexpected feeling of empowerment, being able to do what I wanted at whatever time. And that's a really good article that's actually in the Metro about people who have spent Christmas by themselves. And I will put all the links to the article in the podcast notes. But I tell you who's not going to leave you out of the celebrations. It's this week's guest. 
Ladies and gentlemen, gays and theys, it's the festive season. Lots of presents, food, decorations. But how many of us hear the same old line that makes our hearts sink? Oh, just leave it up to you. You enjoy that kind of thing. Look, I love all the festivities, but sometimes it feels more like if I don't put the work in, it just won't get done at all. And that is not the same as enjoying it. Fortunately, this week's guest is here to help us all decrease our stress and not get so burnt out seeing to other people's needs over the holidays. She's a psychotherapist and author of the new book, The Emotionally Exhausted Woman, Why You're Feeling Depleted and How to Get What You Need. It's Nancy Collier. Hello, Nancy. Hello. I'm delighted to be here at the holiday season, festive as ever. Oh, we're going to put some sleigh bells on. We'll get some fake yes. snow going. Yes. <laughs> I love this because I think so many people, and I think it's particularly, it is women, feel the need to get everything sorted is it that is it what I said where it's like if we don't get it done then we feel like no one else will do it a hundred percent of course and and to some degree that's true right I mean that's just true and it's this incredibly strong conditioning that leads us as women to believe that our how could I put it our job on earth is to take care of other people's needs that we really are trained from the time we can hold up our little girl head to believe that our value is in making other people happy and providing a positive experience for other people. And of course the, the flip side of that is being likable as a result of that. So we have this incredible, incredible pressure on ourselves to make sure everyone's needs are taken care of. And in that process, we actually lose touch with what we need. We don't even know it anymore. There's also a kind of cultural myth, I guess you could say, that women should get their needs met by taking care of other needs. You know, I was out to dinner with a friend last week. It was making me think of exactly this, where, you know, she always orders for all her kids. She has three kids, orders for them and never orders anything for herself. So I finally thought, let, let me, I just wrote this book. I might as well ask her the question, why do you never order a meal for you? And she said, oh, I'm just so filled up and delighted to see my children eating that I don't, I don't really need anything else. And I thought, oh my God, this is what we're taught, right? That our nourishment comes from their nourishment, but that's faulty. And that's why we're all so strung out and exhausted because we've lost touch with what we want and need. It's, it's a real problem. That, that is at the deepest level. And when we talk about the holidays where we are now, it brings up this gigantic thing for women, which is who I should be, the kind of holiday I should be able to offer, the kind of holiday I should be living, which, you know, I get to talk to people for nearly 30 years privately. And if I can tell you, very few people are living that holiday. I 
can totally see it. And I, I love the example you give of getting of someone getting the food for their their kids, but they're not getting anything from themselves. And and uh, uh, I know my sister does this all the time. When she had younger kids, she would make their tea, and it would be something like you know turkey dippers and chips. And then at the end of it, she'd be eating the leftovers. And it's like, well, why aren't you just making something for yourself? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just. I'll just eat the leftovers. So you'll eat like crappy food rather than making a nice thing for yourself you're you've got an older body you need more nourishment rather than just processed food of course and there is this frame this ridiculous frame that gives us two options we're either selfless or we're selfish Mm. so the idea of oh i actually need a meal whether that's an emotional meal or a food meal it's already oh oh you you need something (laughs) oh oh Uh oh, now you're dangerously close to self-indulgent, self-involved, right? The the slippery slope into a labeled box, right? If if I need something, I might be needy too. So we go, we do all this work, not just to take care. Again, they're they're very close cousins to take care of everyone else's need. That's our job. But at the end of the day, we're also protecting our own identity, that we not be misperceived, right? As someone who orders her own food and maybe even, heaven forbid, orders something on the side, right? Uh Uh-oh, now we're moving towards high maintenance and controlling. So we're, we're in this very challenging predicament as women, which is to be authentic and you be you and, you know, do you and all these things we're, we're sort of, we should do, but we're operating from this tiny likability box, tiny box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really challenging. The likability box. I love, <laughs> I love that. Sometimes it feels like life, life isn't an aeroplane. You don't have to put everyone else's masks on before you put your own on. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Beautiful. Absolutely. Let's talk about emotional exhaustion. How do you describe that? What are the symptoms? Well, the funny thing about emotional exhaustion is that it actually can present in so many different ways. And that's what makes it a little bit tricky because for some women, it comes up as physical exhaustion. I mean, just pure on depletion where you, you know, Miranda, you can't get out of bed on a Saturday morning. Mm. Or you've, you've just given, you've given till you're, just bone dry and you just can't do it for other women it presents as you know they lean into anesthetizing it so maybe it's netflix or it's chardonnay or it's brownies or whatever the heck it is it's to get out of the feeling of such exhaustion other women it's anger and resentment right but there's a basic sense that i can smell i know the aroma of it now because i've you know talked to so many women but it's this sense of becoming everything for everyone. It's not just doing too much. Yes, that's true. We have careers, we manage the home, we manage the partner if we have one, all of this. It's really about having lost some sort of fundamental connection with our own vitality, with our own authenticity. And so there's a sense in these in those of us that struggle with it, and I will say the majority of women do, where um, all is well, we've done our job, everything's working, and there is a background sensation of 
people, but what about me? Mm. What about what I actually need and want that's not um, for someone else, right? I'm a really good daughter to aging parents. I'm a really good partner. I'm a devoted mother. I'm a great employee. I am all these things to other people. And this sense starts to form of, but what am I really besides what I can offer? Mm. And so that just is a kind of, it's a, it's a perfume. It's a, it's a sense and it's a loneliness and an isolation because as we're presenting this likable person all the time and being what everybody wants us to be there, you know, it's a bit like death by a thousand omissions, death by a thousand abandonments. Every time we sort of debark our truth or sweeten our truth or, or, or just shape our truth so it works, we're really stepping away from ourselves. We're really abandoning ourselves. So it, you, you feel that. Women start to feel that. Yeah, it's one of the things I love when I, I received your email and I was reading into the book, one of the things that I, I loved reading about was all the emotional labor that we we can find ourselves doing. Uh, it could be, you know, things from gift shopping, wrapping, hosting, making sure the in-laws, we're chatting to the in-laws, cleaning, making travel plans. It's, there's so many things that we yeah. do. And then at the end of it, maybe your partner turns around and gives you some money and says, there you go, you go and buy what you want for Christmas. And you just think, <laughs> oh my God, I just wanted you to do the washing up. I wanted you to want to do right. the washing right. up. Right. Help me actually in my life. Mm right? What I actually need or what really takes the burden off of me. This is really what we want. And as women, we do need to get a little bit more comfortable in expressing our truth. How do we start that? How do we start saying what's true for us and and asking for help and, and saying you need to start doing more, especially around Christmas? Right. Well, we have to start by becoming aware of how infrequently we really tell the truth and how much shaping and morphing we're doing to make it work, to make it work and be that perfect person at the holiday and be the person we're supposed to be. First, we have to have some awareness of that. And we also have to have some compassion for ourselves about how hard that is, to not Mm. actually get what we really need. And then we start to practice in baby steps, little ways. So what can I risk? Can I risk, for example, asking, hey, this year, do you think you could pick up the wrapping paper? Or do you think this year you could do the wrapping? Or we have to be very clear about what we ask for. So we tend to, because we don't want to seem like we can't do it all ourselves or seem needy or seem demanding or blah, 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 million things. We, we, we Little box of, of likability. There it is. We're back in the cage. Yeah. Uh, we give ourselves very little room. So if you can see, if you could just state, I would really like for you to maybe buy half the presents this year, figure out mm. what half the people want. I, I need that. And Mm. not, we do a lot of 
after we've asked for something, we invalidate it. We say what's wrong with us that we need it. We go through a hundred hoops to make that okay. What I would love for women to start doing is just very respectfully and kindly and simply stating, I like, I would like you to uh, buy half the presents this year and then put a period mm. right there. Do not explain it away because mm. you shouldn't be asking for it. That's the beginning of stepping into your own shoes. You're taking the risk. You're breaking an old system. Mm. You're actually taking the risk that you're going to be labeled and perceived a certain way. That's okay, too. What I want is for your truth to be the ultimate destination. I was going to say, when it comes to talking to someone, that for me, I find it best to do it sooner because otherwise it snowballs into passive aggression. Like it goes, oh, look, well, could you, why don't you buy half the presents? Why don't you buy the presents for your people this year? And I'll get the presents for my people and never the twain shall meet. And then, you know, after a few days, it goes into, well, why don't you buy the presents for your people? And, yes, 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 you know. yes. Right, right, right. And resentment Yeah, forms. it right. builds Oh. Another place that we can practice in the holidays, too, is being more open about feeling too much, feeling the overwhelm. So, you know, we can share. It's been such a taboo to say it's too much, right? But if we can be more honest with owning, it's too much for me to handle all the presents and the meals and the whole kind of bringing the spirit into it. Can we talk about how we can share this? Because it's a lot. And I'm really working with trying to receive more than just give. So I kind of want to renegotiate mm. our way of doing this because I'm finding it's too much. And I end up depleted with everyone leaving having had a wonderful time. Mm. So we're just open about the truth. It's We're not really trained in that complete honesty. It's just too much for me. I'm not, there's no blame in it. I want to rethink how we do this because I also want to receive. I love that. It's so, when you were saying we're so trained to, to not say too much, I thought you meant about presence at first, like to say, oh, it's too much. No, ah. give me all the jewellery, give it to me. But no, when it comes to tasks, it's like saying, yeah, it's too much. And people, you know, at the heart of it, it's your friends and family. You're spending Christmas with people you're close to. They'll obviously take on more tasks. If you just, like you said, own your truth and tell them this is too much. You know, let's let's share right. this. And we we have Miranda. We have something that's so heartbreaking to me is that we have traded in having relationships for being related mm. or being known. So you know, in not telling the truth about how we really are, you know, we get these relationships where we appear as this perfect woman, and everyone is happy. But we feel a bit lonely and isolated because we're not really sharing our real experience. Mm. We're, we're kind of trading having a relationship for having a self, mm. which is pretty terrifying. So I am inviting women to enter their relationships a bit more authentically and that that is okay. 
to do. And that what you'll find is you'll find that you feel more connected. You feel more fed. And you're, you're doing your partner and your family and your friends really a service in letting them know you. That's one of the things that I loved about one of the reviews for your book. Uh, it said that this is a book grounded in self-respect and lasting vitality. And that's what you want for your partner. You want your partner to, you know, have their own self-respect and, and lasting vitality. So it's, you know, it's something that works for, for everyone. Now, Nancy, I do want to get some of your tips on how we can stop ourselves from being so emotionally exhausted before the holidays, because we want to enjoy the season. We want to we want to get out there. We want to have a good time. So what are your three ways to stop being emotionally exhausted? Can you give us any tips? Sure. So first thing I I would want us to do is make the paradigm shift from should to want. Okay. So start noticing how often you should yourself. It should be this kind of holiday. It should be like this. It should go like that. I should look and make the shift to what do I want? Mm. What kind of holiday do I actually want? Maybe I want it way smaller or maybe I want it bigger or maybe I want to give different kinds of gifts or celebrate the spirituality of it more than the consumerism, to take ownership of your personal holiday, Mm. right? So let's get out of the should wagon, right? The second thing that I would recommend, particularly for women, is to start to play with this idea that you also matter, Mm -hmm. not just everyone else, but your experience also matters, What you want and need also matters. And that has to start as a real, almost like a mantra, you know, that what I need and want matters. It feels very unnatural, very, very unnatural at first. And sometimes we have to fake it until we can make it. We have to pretend that we think that what we want matters. But we have to make that a habit because we've learned that what we want and matter want and need doesn't matter and only what other and that we should get as I said before what we want and need from giving that to others we've got to consciously start to break that so that's the second thing and and the last thing again is this attitude that we were talking about you know an attitude of honesty how can I walk through this holiday being real? I want this to be a holiday, maybe my first ever, where I show up more as who I really am. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to take a huge risk, which is to trust that that can be welcome. But if I don't welcome that inside me, it's okay to feel exhausted. It's okay to feel bored. It's okay to feel I've done enough. It's okay to feel, ah, this isn't really fun or whatever it is we feel. We have to create an inner environment where that's welcome inside us first. Whatever is arising, that's our truth. We didn't choose it. We're not, you know, to blame for it. And now can I bring it out to the people that say they love me? 
the people that I love. I want to be known in a deeper way. So that that's a kind of background intention, background program that's running for us this holiday. And But what about like feelings of guilt? Because... I think, you know, like you said, we're trained to be these like care providers or something. Maybe there's something in you that's gone. Yeah, I normally do all these big celebrations and big dinner. and But this year, I just want to sit in front of Netflix and chill. And unfortunately, some people might feel guilty about that. Is there any anything anyone can do just to just to ease in? Well, one thing that we can do is we're starting to get into a different relationship with ourselves. That's what I teach in the book is building a a self-caring relationship. So self-care is not about going to get the mani-pedi. That's great, and that's lovely, but it's not what real self-caring behavior is like. Self-caring behavior is where we're on our own side. It's a radically different thing. We we can lose the post-it note on our computer that says, you matter. We, We don't need it because we feel it already. But in terms of guilt, I think we have to start to realize, you know, our conditioning is heavy duty that, again, it's up to us to make other people happy. We got to break this and we have to remind ourselves we are not responsible for everyone else's happiness. And this is creating moving from codependence to independence, right? So that the fact that they're having the holiday they want or not having the holiday they want, it's not our fault. It's not our fault. That is a fundamental starting place. And and also we have to offer ourselves compassion, which is why do I want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix because I'm bone tired Mm. so it's this attitude of hey sweetheart this is the best that you can do today right Mm. you need this like you would feel towards someone you love there is a sense of empathy for of course you want to sit on the couch you haven't stopped moving in two weeks time and being everything everyone needs you to be it's okay right? So maybe you'll get up and, you know, make the eggnog later. But right now, sweetheart, this is what you actually need. So again, your lens starts to be through your own eyes, through your own heart. You're on your side. It's not about shaming and blaming yourself. Oh, I should. What's wrong with me? It's, I get it. You're wiped out. Watch eight episodes in a row. Go for it. Yeah. And and your book is a, a self-care moment in itself. It's like, right, why am I so exhausted? And it's, well, you could get the emotionally exhausted woman <laughs> while you're feeling depleted and how to get what you need <laughs> and use that yes. as a moment of self-care. Yes, and... that's what you need. Yeah. Yeah. What was your own journey with this? Like, when was the moment when you said, nope, I've had enough and, you know, learn how to how to give you these moments of your of your truth and, and how to tell people, you know, you're not going to keep with the emotional labor. You know, my process was a gradual one and it's it came through compassion for myself of how much I had abandoned myself in service of being what other people needed me to be. And I felt it, I think as a 
disconnection from self. I felt it as a, um, a loneliness, I suppose, from my, from myself. And I had a moment, I remember where something happened that I really was nourished by. Mm. And I had this aha moment where I felt, oh my God, I'm actually getting what I need and what it was is not important, but I realized in that moment how little of my life I had actually received, not what I could, you know, intellectually work into what I need and not looked like what I needed, but what I needed and what actually fed me. And then I had this kind of control study. I had, oh my God, that's a want, that's a need. That has to do with the real person who went away a long time ago because it didn't work to be so popular and be that real person and be successful and be all these things I want, but at what cost? At the cost of my own integration and, 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 um, in that moment, I felt, oh my God, that feeds me. And then I, and then the journey really was on the way. It sounds like a flower blooming in the desert, getting one drop of water and nourishment. And it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blooming. But you would never know, right? You meet me for years and I'm happy. I have this full life. I love my life. And nowhere in that, do I really feel fed until that moment I got it? That has to do with me, which is, and then to start to speak that and then to live by that and take the risks and be so willing to be fierce and, and you know, I respectful and kind and all that, but that the truth and what I want and need is non-negotiable. And I'm not to blame for it. I got it. Mm. And that's been, you know, a decade really of helping women really on this path. But we get, we all get there in different ways and all different means. And it breaks my heart every single day when I see a woman waking up to this truth. Um, but, but it is life changing. It is best described by so many women as coming home to yourself coming home at last. What is the first step on that journey though? Just just as one thing that someone can do this this holiday season, what's that first step on that journey to to helping themselves? Recognize how much they've left themselves. Oh. Yeah, we have to start with awareness. Mm. See the habit to abandon yourself in order to be safe see it happening, recognize it. The rest will, will start to happen as your heart breaks for your own disconnection in service to protection. Oh, that's so, I think that's your bumper sticker. That's your t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do this Christmas? What is, or, or Hanukkah or holiday season? What's your little tradition? So my tradition, because it feeds me, is I go to the sun. Oh. I go to the beach. Yes, I get the whole family onto an airplane 
And guess what? I sport for it. I pay for it because it is my feeding. I get to be with my yummy daughters and my yummy husband and um, get to leave the dog at home. And um, I treat all of us to a holiday in the sun because that feeds me. Oh, and there you can be your beautiful desert flower blooming it's away. Blooming. <laughs> yes. And what do you do? What is your holiday give to yourself? Oh, I think it's a, a lot of Prosecco and Doctor Who special. <gasps> oh, that sounds delightful as well. Yes. I'm a very simple girl. Now. I'm a very, I can't afford the sun. I like that. Not in this I, like that. I like that. It's a lot more reasonable, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, keep my expectations low and my life will be a happy one. <laughs> and guess what? It doesn't rely on weather. That's the beautiful part of it. Yes. The bottle pops, sun, rain, all of it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, bit of Doctor Who on iPlayer. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> if people want to find out more, where can they find you? Uh, website is nancycollier.com. And there's only one L in my name. And um, the book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Everywhere books are sold. So please pick up a copy. It is the time to have a copy. Um, and certainly reach out to me. I, I really like to stay in touch with my readers and see how what's talked about in the book is really walking in your life. I want this to make a difference in your life for real. So I love to be in touch with my readers too. I love that. I love the, the keeping in touch with people and the follow-up and and, you know, I think that gives people a lot, a lot to work with, you know, a lot of hope. Absolutely. And if they want to read my blog, it's on Psychology Today. My blog is there. Very nice. And that's The Emotionally Exhausted Woman, Why You're Feeling Depleted and How to Get What You Need. Available now from Amazon, wherever you find your finest of books. Get it for yourself or get it for a woman in need. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Or get both. Yeah, both. <laughs> Why not? Thank you so much for joining us this week, Nancy Collier. You're welcome. My pleasure. My thanks to Nancy Collier there. Do you know what? I thought there were so many things in there that you just, you want to say, but you just don't. And you worry about the repercussions. And what I love about that is you know, you're, you're getting rid of the guilt and stand up for yourself. And this is about you and your self-respect and the holiday. It's for you as well. You shouldn't have to feel like you're going to do everything. And it's, I, come on, we've had a, a couple of tough years when it comes to Christmas and you might be exhausted just even thinking about the travel logistics living in the time of love and coronavirus. So reach out for help. Make sure you tell the people around you if it is too much. So yeah, my thanks to Nancy Collier and her book is available now. Anyway, Oh, how can we resist going into the seasonal fun bags? Ho, ho, ho. 
It's the start of the month. So let's see if there's been any random questions, some ask me anything, some sexy stories that have been left at the bottom of my mailbags, ones that we can't quite fit into any other shows. Now, Paris has emailed and says, can you do a pod on bizarre fetishes? My DMs are full of messages from randoms turned on by random things. Take your pick out of gunge, feet, wedgies or statues. <laughs> Paris, you'll be happy to know that we're actually talking to a footmaster in the new year. And I cannot wait. I've got so many questions. But we always want to hear from people who are practitioners of any kind of fetish. Trust me, we never want to kink shame. We just want to let listeners know how they can practice their own fantasies and fetishes in a safe, sane and consensual way. So if you have mastered a fetish, then please get in contact with us. Just email us smutdrop at metro.co.uk and I will happily have you on the show. Jake on Instagram, he's asked, is there anything you're still super curious about when it comes to sex? Ah, oh, everything. Jake, I'm always learning. I think something that I'm really keen to talk to someone about in the new year is maybe Tantra. I love the thought of Tantra. That would be great. So if anyone wants to come on and talk to us about that, or if you've got any questions about Tantra, then just send them in. Next week, I'm going to be chatting to a guest about betrayal. <gasps> Tell me your stories about cheating. Have you been caught out or has someone done you dirty? Tell me everything. You can slide into my DMs. Just look out for Miranda Kane on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. I've been Miranda Kane. Smutdrop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. And if you're enjoying this weekly hour of negotiable affection, then please, please, please leave me a review. I would love it if more people could hear all these lovely natters and, and let me know what they think. In the meantime, I'm going to be back to prick up your ears next week. And remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do. But if you do, name it after me. Bye.